I actually think it's just really sad to see so many people in Ireland where it's, it, uh, we were noticing tonight when we were out there was so many people socialising and spending so much money and then there was all these people sitting at the side of the road um, homeless and it's quite upsetting to see and it does make you feel that you just don't want to like really be doing what you're doing because you just feel so guilty in a way but um, it's, it's horrendous when you see all these buildings that are empty and they're not being used for these people and I would love to see if somebody could do something about it, just giving them spaces in these places, you know, like it's incredibly, it's awful to see. It's so wrong, doesn't it? It's, it's terrible, absolutely terrible. It really is. It's just upsetting, very upsetting to see. And I just feel so horrified to think there's so many families and everything that are, that have just come from houses and they're suddenly homeless and people don't, they don't actually even, they don't even look at these people they're kind of walk past with sort of a, a, a guilt and um, they should actually just confront and see these people and hear their stories and listen to where they're coming from because they, it, it, there's so many different varieties of situations and do you ever think there's that thing of well they're not like us they're different there's a lot of that that goes on and I'm completely coming around to that. I, I would have thought that years ago, but now I actually look these guys in the eye and these families in the eye and actually just see them as human beings. Uh, my name's Rosemary. I'm visually impaired, obviously. I um, have a condition called macular dystrophy. I have been homeless long term. Um, I was staying in a hostel. They closed the hostel down. It was the only accessible hostel they had or semi-accessible hostel they had and when they closed it down they turned around and they said to me we don't have anywhere suitable for you to go um, and you can't get on the housing register because you're not using emergency accommodation facilities um, because they have nowhere that's suitable physically impossible and they said you're going to have to go back to sleep and rough and here I am and can you tell me a little bit about your disability um, I have macular atrophy I have about 10% vision remaining in my right eye um, it's distorted, it's blurred, it's like looking through the bottom of a jar. Mm. I have no central vision virtually. Okay. So it's all peripheral, it's in the outer field. Okay. And how long have you been on the streets now? Uh, this time, or as it currently stands. Yeah, you check, check the door. Thank you, have a good night, sir. Sorry, the security here are absolutely helpful. They tell me when it's safe for me to put down my cardboard, etc. I have been this time since February 2015. I'd been living on a piece of land with a friend and my partner. And the council basically turned around and said, you can't live on that land anymore. Even though his parents were the owners of the land and we had their permission to be there, it was agricultural land and they wouldn't allow us to stay. We were living in caravans, we were growing our own organic food, basically just living. And have you gone to anyone? Have you tried to? Of course, you, I'm sure you have. You <laughs> I've have been in Merchants to... Quay, I've been oh. in Cross Care, I've been in Focus Ireland, I've been Simon Community. The list just gets on and on and on. I could give you a list at Capuchin Day Centre, I use it every day. It's yeah. my mailing address, yeah. everything. And what do you do throughout the day? What would be a regular day for you? Okay, throughout the day, walk around with her, go get food from the Little Flower in the morning. Mm. Um, I'd sell the big issue for a while. Um, at night, I'll play music or I'll perform street comedy. It literally depends on where I am and what I'm doing. I'll sell postcards during the day. I'll sell handmade bracelets that I make, Christmas cards at this time of year. 
and what is the reaction from people walking by you? Are they gods? Okay, most people broadly ignore you. It's as if they have their own little bubble and anything that they don't want to see, they don't see. Yes. And I know I've got a sighted friend, he's over there actually, you'll probably speak to him next, his name's Francis. And he'll say to you, they walk past you and they'll avert their eyes suddenly. They don't want to see that. That's something... Why do you think that is? They associate homelessness with drugs. I mean, I have no addictions. And there's all of these stereotypes, and I hope I shatter some of those stereotypes. I mean, when I'm in the comedy act, when I'm doing the comedy act, I will deliberately attack stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Because so many people have this image, and this image is so far wrong. I mean, one of the ones I use is, everyone likes a drink, nobody likes a drunk. You know. And... People sort of cop on and they sort of go, uh. <laughs> like, and there are, there are things that you can do to give people insight, but it's a very difficult world to give them insight into because they have this image of dirty, smelly, homeless person. And you stand there clean and they go, you can't be homeless, you're clean. It's like soap and water doesn't cost anything, love. <laughs> um, when I was about 14, me and my mother became separated due to her choices. And she chose the man she was with over me. And that was basically the end of any contact. And I basically came out here with no paperwork and have remained with no paperwork. And have you always been I have lived in Ireland, I've lived in Cumbria, I've lived in parts of Scotland, um, lived in Blackpool. I've literally done most of the major cities in the UK at some point. What is your hope for the future? What is your hope for this year, 2017? Well, I don't get the welfare. don't particularly care to get the welfare. If I can sustain myself, I'm fine with that. I want to save up, buy a piece of land, tell that lot to go to hell and just stick a caravan on it, start growing my own food again. Just, just go back to what I know. Exactly. Uh, one more question. What is, um, what is the reaction like as a woman? Because most of the time we just see men. What is the reaction as a woman on the streets? Woman streets objectification. Absolutely. Absolute objectification. I had one sitting literally here last night. And he was deciding to get a little bit over friendly. He was gradually... He came in and I, I knew by his conversation I'm thinking, eh. and it's like, can you bleep? Because me, me swearing is, yeah, I'm not censoring <laughs> that at the moment. Just, just bleep. Yeah. Somebody bleep over that. <laughs> it, he, he just started creeping his hand up my legs and it's like, eh. you get any higher, mate, and I'm going to take that hand off. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that gets any closer, you and it are going out different directions. So it's going to be a scary place. It can be a place, there's a lot of objectification, there's a lot of, if you, if you are clean especially, but even the ones that have addiction problems, they turn around and they say to me, you know, people have come to them, offered them a bag of whatever for yeah. sex or for, for favours. Yeah. I mean, pe 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 people offer me all the time. And my normal one is, do you want to repeat that a little bit louder, mate, so the rest of the street can hear it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm quite ballsy in that respect, as in, I will open my mouth, I will use it. And I will use it as a weapon if necessary. From a personal point of view, like, if I'm walking home now, I'll see someone there. But how do I, like, it's just how, knowing if it's genuine or not, like, like I gladly, I'd give them, I'd give them a shirt off my back if I knew it wasn't just someone who was 
just doing it for the evening. And like, cause I like I've known my brother has told me a story where he knows a lad who like my brother lives in Loud. He comes down from Loud every day, begs on the street, gets back on his train, goes back to Loud with the money that like hardworking people like myself give people this money, thinking it's a genuine cause. But like, I like I I don't have the concern and all that. But I'd I'd much rather if if there was a boy there sitting there and he was like same as me, 25 to like. I've been blessed with what in my life my parents have handed me money, looked after me, given me the education, got me like they've helped me get the job I have now that allows me to leave, like go for a few points with my buddy here or whatever. But but like I'd gladly give some twenty quid because twenty quid is nothing to me in the sense that I'll it's two, three points. It's it's a bet at the weekend on soccer or something. Like I'd gladly give them that twenty euro if I knew they were genuinely homeless. Like I don't know, maybe the government should introduce some sort of Regulation, know, like, uh, re- regulation, and even have if somebody's home, like if I could go into a shop right now and buy some sort of a voucher for someone, twenty euro voucher that will entitle them to a free meal somewhere, like they'll go get their free meal. But I've read stories where someone being that nice, genuine person has taken some off street, brought them into McDonald's. I think it was McDonald's on O'Connell Street there, and the homeless person was asked to leave by security because they were bringing the tone of the place down. Like, so. Basically, John is my name. Um, I've been homeless basically since I'm since I'm 15. Um, I was adopted by an Irish family. Um, family that adopted me were abusive to me, so um, I went through the care system, uh, foster care, and um, I suppose foster homes never really felt like home. So I just um, I kept leaving them and ended up on the streets because. And I you're in skin. you're in foster care since since 15. Yeah. And. You, how, how have you found kind of public perception? Because I know a lot of people passing by so far have been pretty moved by the peace that you have on the ground. Yeah, um, I suppose, I suppose, um, I mean, I'm telling a lot about myself there, like, I suppose the difference, the difference with, um, with doing something like this is that um, people, people get to know about you rather than you just sitting there with a cup, basically. I think it's important, though. I mean, it, it causes a lot of empathy. I mean, I've seen... I've seen people there, like a woman walking away, quite upset, yeah. just from reading. And I suppose it is it is important to be able to connect with the people. Do you, do you find yourself? Do you find yourself in accommodation much? I mean, in terms of hostels and the like, or are a lot of the nights kind of rough? Um, every single night is a free phone, a free phone service every night. So, I mean, luckily I've been I've I've been getting to bed for the past past couple of weeks. I've been getting to bed. Um, there has been months before. I mean, around the summertime. It would have been very hard for me to get a bed. Very, very hard for me to get a bed. It's it's easier to get a bed now. It seems yourself. to be. It yeah. seems to be a lot more easier yeah. to get a bed now. I mean, um, they're after opening up a new hostel, um, done civil defence. Civil defence. They're after opening up like another hundred beds down there. So oh, that's great. That's great. It's, it's kind of comforting to hear. I suppose it's all the small comforts in life. Yeah. You know, and um, there's always kind of a public perception as well of people. They can be quite wary of handing money out a lot of the time. Well, of course, of you know, course. Which, you know, but it's good to see, I mean, like I said, in the 20 minutes or so that I was beside you, that there was a lot of, there was a lot of comfort, there was a lot of people kind of throwing money in there. Yeah. It must be, it must be kind of comforting to know that there are a lot of people out there who are oh. kind of willing to, to, Big to help time. me out. Big time, I mean, that means so much to me, like, I mean, like, I, I'm putting my whole story on, literally on, on, on the ground for people to, for people to see, you know. I mean, I, before before I started doing this, I would have sat down with a cup myself, 
and um, I suppose I would have had people spit on me, I would have had people rob my cup, I would have had people kick me, I would have had racial comments, I would have had the whole lot. Everything? Yeah, everything. That's horrible. That was horrible. I remember, the, the, I think the worst case I'd ever seen was, um, there was a man with a, with a dog, and the guy came out of a nightclub and he was drunk, and he, he, he booted the guy's dog down the street, like, and uh, the, 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 there was uproar, there was uproar, but it's just horrible to think that people, people there, that there are elements of society that, that would look down or that would spit on you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. have you had many many negative experiences? Um, from, from I've had a lot. I've every single every single day basically. I've had something bad happen to me. Really? Every single day, whether it's something bad said to me or something bad done to me. But ever since I started doing this, I can honestly say that ninety percent of the time, it's been really really good. Really. It's been really good. Just just a little project like that. Just yeah. to kind of. Yeah. Like you said yourself, it's about getting people to know your story yeah. rather than just being seen as uh, another person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, I don't know. I just my heart goes out to you, especially <laughs> around the winter. I mean, because I know the last week was very, was very, very cold. Very cold, yeah. You know, I was actually out a few nights in that. Were you? Yeah. Oh, I was bitter. Absolutely bitter. That's horrible. Yeah. And is there anything? I mean, if you were to, if you were to kind of give advice to people that are here now, to you know, like. Is there anything at all that you could, you could you could kind of offer people in terms of advice to help or to kind of get behind the situation in Ireland at the minute? Because I know at present there's over like seven thousand in Dublin alone. I think homeless, the homeless. You know, um, even just to show a bit more human kindness, I suppose. Yeah. You know. That's pretty much it's it. Pretty, like just pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth there, but uh, yeah. It's and would it take you long now to get that piece finished? Um. Well, I think I've been there. I think I've roughly been there for about about an hour. An hour, yeah. About an hour do, doing that, like. You know. And then, um, are there kind of areas that are better off, that are better suited for yourself? I mean, that you wouldn't have you wouldn't have as much pro- as many problems. Would would Henry Street be a Henry Street? Is a, is a good it would show? would be would be for me genuinely. I would I would class Henry Street as the safest. The safest, really? Yeah. 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 I mean, there's cameras everywhere and all that, like. I was actually doing this one day, and um, another homeless guy was um, was jealous because yeah. of the reception I was getting from people. I mean, a lot of people would stand and look at it. As you've seen yourself, a lot of people are drawn towards it. And he actually he en- he ended up kicking me into the face, um, knocked me unconscious. Um, I went into a seizure while I was unconscious, and he stole my cup. Oh my god! Yeah, that was horrific. Yeah, but um, luckily there's cameras everywhere. And how were the guards in responding to this? I mean, in um, terms of like, the, yeah, he was he was apprehended and he was he was charged. Like, you know I mean, but, and um, the, the issue of safety for yourself in the streets. How how do you feel most most nights? Um, because are you? It's very very dangerous. It, Dublin is very very dangerous as being homeless. It's dangerous. With regards to other homeless people. It's more. It's more from other homeless than. Yeah, it's everyone, it's yeah. it's actually other homeless people are the ones to be careful of. It's horrible. That's horrific. You think, at some level, you'd, there'd be kind of a sense of camaraderie, you know, kind of all on this together type job, rather than rather than kind of competing against each other or to even physically assault, oh. to physically assault each other. It's it's crazy. And I've seen worse things happen. Believe me, I've seen worse things happen. <laughs> but that's only a slice of the cake, there, brother. 
Uh, I just I think it's ruined by the like syndicates that exist at the moment that have houses and just beg for money. Like a lot of time, I walk past a homeless person and won't give money even though I have it, purely because it's either going to alcohol, drugs, or these syndicates rather than the people who deserve it. Well, my name is Owen uh, McCabe. You call myself. Um, I'm the youngest of three. I'm originally from Mead. Uh, moved up here due to alcohol problems in the family. Um, my dad was an alcoholic. Uh, suffered physical abuse. Me parent, me mum suffered abuse as well, and I couldn't take it and left the house uh, and came up here with basically the clothes on me back, seeking help. Um, and I've been struggling to find help. Um, LinkedIn with all the services, Focus Ireland and Trinity or Merchants Key and all the the homeless agencies but they seem to be all crowded with drug addicts and drugs are a big factor in homelessness Yeah, which I didn't realise because I'm from the country and all of a sudden I was introduced to all this fucking alien stuff to me and it kind of took me, knocked me for six to be honest with you um, but gradually got used to it and used to it and it doesn't seem to phase me anymore as much but uh, you can just ignore some of it you know but some of it when it's in your face you can't ignore it you know the kind of way or if it's someone that you like and you see them going down the wrong path it's, it's hard you know you have to you have to cut yourself off from reality basically from everyone you have to just be alone fucking soldier because Anyone that you do build relationships with could drop dead. I, I kind of fell in love with a girl there, Lisa, and she was found dead three weeks ago in her sleeping bike. Do you know what I mean? So, sure did, yeah. And have you ever gone down the path of drugs yourself? No. Never? No. And what do you think has kept you away? I'm sure you've been offered, or have you been offered Oh, yeah, I've been offered everything, yeah. Um, just, just doesn't appeal to me. Um, I've seen my drink done to me dad, seen my drink done to me family. Um, I'd have the odd drink myself now, but it wouldn't be to the extent that my dad have. He'd start on a Friday and he'd finish on the Tuesday, to another kind of way. And he'd start with a, bo- start with a bottle of blood and then a pint of Guinness and then be on to whiskey. And it's, it's not where I want to go, to another kind of way. Um, drink is a big problem in this country. Yeah, it's the main problem in this country. Every every single social gathering mm. requires, yeah. requires it. Yeah, you can never put a night together or anything without yeah without it having. Uh, we go for a few. Exactly. Yeah, you know. we just go for one. Yeah, people Famous feel like they can't express yeah, you themselves. Can't without have it. a good, can't have a good night without getting drunk. Exactly, you, you have to lose complete your bullshit. Like. Who you are, you have to be someone yeah, else. Yeah, like, to be know. this big bravado thing. To, oh, yeah, I drank 16 points, I was with 20 girls, and yeah, you drank 4 points and you were with 2 girls. <laughs> buddy. Do you know what I mean? Get real. Yeah, Cop it's a, on. It's a dangerous society. Yeah. You know, living living in that kind of world. But you yourself, how long? You were saying you moved up before, how long, many years ago? I was up, I'm up here about 4 years, 4, four and, years. and a half years. And how have you found the kind of um, public public perception? Have you found like because I um, know there's a lot of helpful people out there. There is a lot of people. Just I, I, I sit under the bridge, just at uh, Beresford Place there. It's 
beside Bosaris. I'd sit there during the day, and uh, there was a lady who used to come around every mon- every morning, every Monday morning, with a cup of coffee and a sandwich. She make her home before she left work for work, oh, and she'd bring it around to me, and then she'd run back and get dressed for work, and then come back. Do you know what I mean? She'd pass me twice. And then she'd come back on a Friday and she'd throw me a few pounds and she'd make sure you get a bed tonight and all. And, you know, it's, it's and even the bed situation itself, has have you found that's gotten tougher over the years? Yeah, because there's more foreigners. The foreigners seem to be getting the beds on, on before the Irish. You know, and I'm not racist, I'm far from racist. I'm, I'm, we we done it in America, do you know what I mean? We fled to the States when our time came, but the... Um, the influx of, uh, uh, I don't mean to sterilise them or stereotype them, but the, the Eastern Europeans, they're milking the system basically. They're coming over, they're staying in the hostels, they're sending all the money out of the country, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's, we were kind of, before we were doing this, we thought we kind of got a few um, few opinions from the public, mm. and a lot of people were kind of expressing concern about given money because you don't they've know who's stories. genuine and they've heard stories and rumours yeah. and this and that not just about drugs and drink and all that kind of crap but of like people coming up from the country and then like going back to the country after after collecting you know there's there's a huge shift that I think that needs or a huge education I think yeah. in the for the public in terms of what it is that being homeless yeah. and suffering with that is like oh well I'm asleep like here I'm here for the night like yeah. this is where I am tonight I'm usually down there under that the bookshop bridge, the, but your man seems to think that that's his spot now for the night. But wherever he got that from, I don't know. <laughs> and what is it? What's it like for someone that? Because you you weren't always homeless, no. and I'm sure you used to think I don't know what it's like. For someone like us, or for people listening, tell them what it's like, and and what do you suffer? What do you go through on a daily basis? What? Well, for the first say couple of times, for the first week. It was exciting. It was all new. It was like a big kind of a game. It was like camping every night. You know the kind of way. It was like being back, playing in the back garden. You know the kind of way. I kind of had a fair idea. The streets of Dublin. I kind of knew my way around, but I didn't know where I was going to put my head down at night. That was the, the big thing. So I slept in the custom house where I could get up over the railings. It was kind of up above. People were walking under me and they didn't know I was up there asleep. Do you know the kind of way it was fairly safe so that's where I put myself for the first couple of weeks and then I found the hostels and some of them are they'd rub the socks off they'd rub the shoes off your feet and come back for the socks do you know that kind of way and then there's needles everywhere and do you know that kind of way and I don't want to be around any of that so I'd rather be out here and be safe and be seen under lights and how do you how do you feel like I mean in terms of security and safety for yourself how how is that? Well, I can I can kind of I'm not bragging around, but I can handle myself. Yeah. And once I'm under lights like this, it's it's safe enough. You know the kind of way. There's no one's gonna do that when you're yeah. under in lights like this. And Especially in busy pe- areas. And there's people so. around you like this. You know the kind of way. Yeah. Have you got a good relationship with other homeless people? Have you gotten to know them? I've gotten to know a few, but there's very few that I trust. Do you know the kind of way? Trust is a very it's very scarce amongst homeless people. That's something we've no actually one, heard uh, from a few homeless no people. No one trusts anyone, you know, that kind of way. 
and would you have like your spot and would there be any kind of arguing over this is my spot or this is well that's I had an argument with that fella down there two months ago that, that was my that's my spot like yeah. I sit, I've sat there for the last three years and he's telling me that he sat there for the last three years and I'm this saying like uh, where were you <laughs> <laughs> were you invisible for the times I was here or, or what and I, then I told him, he says, oh, well, you weren't here yesterday or the day before. I says, I only got out of prison there yesterday, which I didn't, but a <laughs> little bit of a white lie, but <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't out. I had enough money. Yeah, For yeah. The, yeah. So I was in a hostel and with my feet up. <laughs> well, I was in a, a B&B with my feet up. And tell, is there anything you want to do in the future? Is there anything that you're like aiming towards maybe one day I'd like? I want to go back to college. I want to study social studies. I want to fucking make a change. I want to, after living the life, to go and change something. Maybe fucking help a kid or help kids change. That's where it has to start. It has to start at the kids to know that kind we of way. Actually, we were only talking about an hour ago to a fella who was, in, who was homeless himself. For yeah. two years, and now he's in UCD. He's yeah. gone and doing social care, you know. Yeah. So um, it's definitely possible, man, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not the brightest penny in the book, but it would be... Italian, I, I don't even care if this is on your podcast, David. A lot of people in college aren't the brightest money. Yeah. I went to college myself <laughs> and I don't know how many of them got their degrees. No offence to anyone listening now. Yeah. It's true. And like, we all go to college and you go, everyone in this country is going to college. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. everyone in the country, and most of them aren't. And there is, there's courses for everything, you know? Yeah. There's, there's learner courses for college. Do you know yeah. the kind of way? They don't seem too stupid to me, to be honest with you. levels, exactly. five, six, seven, eight. You Work your way up keep through going the levels, up, yeah. and then by the end of it, you'll have a degree or whatever. It could be seven, eight years down the road, but yeah. you'll have it, you know, when it's yeah. there for life. It's a good question I haven't asked you, asked anyone yet. If you're just sit across from Andy Kenny, who says no. that it's not a problem, no. that it's not going on. I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love what to go would, into the dog tomorrow. I'd say, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I think, I think, oh, I what think have you done to this country? I think 90% of the country probably agree with you there. You just ran this country into the ground and fed your fucking friends. All the jobs that were going went to, uh, how you doing? I'm homeless. These people are interviewing me. Bye now. Have a nice night. <laughs> yeah, you have to laugh, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. Nosy ass, ass Ireland. That's the thing. People look when they want to. Yeah. They'll notice you when they want to. Yeah, exactly. I have to say thanks. Uh, there's a lot of good people out there, though. There is an awful lot of good people out there. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, we've noticed that ourselves, even up yeah. there. I mean, there's lads going out with six cups of soup. And yeah, down the the, the the. GPO on O'Connell Street. There's, there must be four different organisations out with soup tonight. Yeah. It's like being in hospital and they're all coming around. But like it seems to be on a Saturday that they kind of all seem to come out another kind of way. When it comes to Monday and Tuesday, you kind of go a bit hungry at night time. But the homeless person won't starve in Dublin. There's enough. There is enough. Decent people out there. There's enough organisations. Like for breakfasts and for dinners, and like you can go. There's the place, uh, Brother Luke's. Yeah. You can go there for breakfast. You can go there for dinner. And there's Merchant's Key. You can go in there pretty much all day for tea and buns, and they do a dinner as well for the homeless. So 
especially for the homeless. Yeah, I've heard a lot about working feet. Yeah, Can merchant. I ask you, um, if you needed, if you need a shower or to, to wash stuff, where would you? Where was the yeah, Merchant's Key is the same. Merchant's Key have showers and toilet facilities, and they okay. give you towels, they give you toiletries, they give you whatever you want. Okay. Um, this is I for you. It's not going to last forever. You can tell by talking to you. Your head is screwed on. Yeah, no, this is just a stop. It's a time. It's a It's a temporary. Yeah. It's a passing of time. Stop That's all it is. Yeah. A learning curve. And you know what? You've got all the experience. So when you go out that and you decide and, and you get there to help people, you've got the experience. Mm. More than anything, more than degrees. Got yeah, the you can't firsthand. learn. You can't learn what I've learned. Exactly. Broken, you know what I mean? People Life who have degrees yeah. won't not, won't understand. Yeah. They will never understand yeah. people because you've got just the empathy. You can really empathize with yeah. people. You can literally be in their shoes. Yeah. You know, a lot yeah. of people can only imagine. Yeah. You know. Um, well, you can learn this over a book. Exactly. 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 And I gotta say, it's great. It's great to sit down and actually talk. You know, and 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 hear about, you know, your life and your situation yeah. and everything. You know. I think it's great. You know, we need more people like yourself who are willing to take the time out and actually find out from the ground. Yeah, that's oh, what I mean. You have what's to. going on? You know. So can I have your name, just even your first name? Mark. So, just as if you're mad And can you tell me a bit about your story, just in your own words? Um, my own story, uh, well, you know, I'm fortunate enough now today that I, I, I'm not, no longer homeless. Um, I was homeless for a number of years here in Dublin. I, I've, I've, uh, I've suffered the indignity of being treated like less than human being. Um, but today... It's a different story, you know. I've got my life together, and, and I'm making making a concerted effort to move forward and get away from all of that. Now, just to give the audience that are listening a little bit of um, background, we stopped here. There, there's a man on the street. What was his name? He didn't use his first name. He had a billboard in his hand, and on the hand it said, on the uh, board it said, "No welfare, any advice needed, even a tea and a bit of food." That's right, yeah. So you were chatting to this man when we came upon the Yeah, I, I seen him, and I seen that billboard, and uh, I seen myself. That's who. I, that's what I've done. How I survived in the past. I've had that billboard. You know, basically pleading with people to just take a bit of time out to give me to help me. Now, obviously. Different circumstances, but you know, I, I was a drug addict. I needed to survive somehow, and I was unwilling to go out and commit crime. You know, you know, because essentially I'm a humanist and I don't want to hurt other people. You know, and 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 um, to ask and plead with people to give me a few, a few quid was the best way I thought was of making a few quid without harming others. And what was the reaction like from people on the streets? Um, in what respect now? Did you find people were good on the whole? N- yeah, people are. Yes, people are okay. When I say, when you ask me, are they good? Um, were they helpful? Um, ninety nine point nine nine percent. No, you know they're too concerned to cut up with what's going on with themselves. So therefore, they're not willing to take that moment out um, to 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 stop and engage with you. You know what I mean? So I would say. A lot of people are too caught up with what's going on with themselves to actually stop and think about how somebody else might be get, getting on or, or, or to, to you know, take a euro out. Now, and that's not to say everybody has a euro, but I found ones that who are more willing to give are those that had little themselves, you know, um, little old women from the inner city, you know, you know, 
uh, people up from the country for the day on a, on, an, on an outing who who look at you and and, and, and and know what it's like to have nothing. Um, those were the people who I felt were the most helpful towards me. You know, they were more willing to give. And I suppose those kind of stories of you know not receiving as much are becoming more and more common because there are so many people now. Every every street you turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just becoming harder and harder. Like, who do you give your money to? Yeah. Who do you choose to give it to? Who looks like they need it the most? Well, that's just, obviously that's something you need to decide yourself. Judgments you need to make for yourself. And that's not to say you stop and uh, like my sister, for instance, who'll give everyone she comes across a couple of euro. You know, how are you going to survive yourself at that rate? Can I ask you, what steps have you taken to? get yourself out of that situation um, uh, you know I said I'm a drug addict recovering drug addict thankfully today um, the first step I had to t- take was to go and actually seek help myself you know and, and say to myself I've had enough you know I can no longer survive like this and I need to I need to do something about it so uh, I made contact with people in Merchants Key Merchants Key Ireland very helpful organisation and very encouraging for somebody like, who was in a position like myself um, they'll show me what options are available to me but then it's up to me it was up to me then to follow it through make appointments uh, make sure that I got to the appointments and stuff and get myself into drug treatment centre um, and, and then to avail of all the services that are available there as well you know What's it, one day Mark was it just like you know what I've had enough I am going to do something about this um, yes pretty much pretty much but also because uh, I have some really good friends you know at times I've felt like the loneliest man in the world um, but I do have some really good friends who when I've seen them when I was at my worst I've seen the pain and suffering in their eyes I've seen myself for, for the first time in their eyes you know from what I was momentarily you know at times when I was drug free um, to what I had become and that made me realise like that I'm capable I'm worth more than what I was actually doing you know Mark what are your dreams for the future now? what have you got what's in store for you um, well currently I'm going to UCD you know which has been a lifelong dream you know and you know, it's not many people that can say they're actually fulfilling their dreams um, I'm going to UCD hopefully I'll finish off my degree um, and work in this field work in the field of social care um, I would hopefully like to work with young men 18 to 23 25 who are at risk of homelessness addiction you know prison um, because that's my background you know um, and I, I'd like to think that hopefully my life experience uh, can maybe help somebody else and that's really what I'd like to do I'd like to help somebody based on my own life experience Mark, you look great today. You really do. Thank you look you. very healthy. I'm guessing that you weren't, you didn't always look as healthy and as well as you do today. God, God no. You, no, um, look, I'm, I'm probably about 11 and a half, 12 stone. Um, at my worst, <clears throat> I was um, under 8 stone. Um, I, I remember weighing myself one time I went into Mount Joy and I was 48 kilos. Um, you know, that just goes to show how you've yeah. come. Um, absolutely, like on the streets, it's a very lonely and deprived existence, you know. And like because I was so consumed with drug use, and all my money was spent on it essentially, um, I didn't need. And the energy that it takes to just survive, 
homelessness. Um, the, you, the mental. Yeah, the like you won't, um, you won't thrive physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Like it will drive, it will drive everything that's human down. You know, and uh, you know, whatever I ate, it didn't do anything for me. But I, I had myself in such a state that I was practically a skeleton walking around the place. Today it's not like that, you know. You look absolutely a vision of health. I would never have guessed when you said to the two of us today, I was this man, I was yeah. homeless. You look amazing. And you're such thank an inspiration. You. I have to say to you again, thank you. amazing. Well, thank you, thank you very much. I hope that one day you can listen to this and I know you'll inspire other people. I can see it in your eyes. You're such a kind, kind soul. And this is what we are experiencing tonight on the streets, souls with stories. Everyone has a story. Yes, absolutely. We all have a story. We just need to take the moment to maybe listen and just to see. You know, we're all human beings. We've all got hearts. Um, we've all got spirits. Um, but because the system we live in, it's not. You know, we're too caught up with what's going on. The the bills we need to pay. The people that are in our care we need to look after. To someone who, to yourself, two or three years ago, what advice would you give to that man now? Don't give up. Um, don't ever give up on yourself, you know, um, and fight for everything you ever wanted in your life because, you know, without that internal resolve, I would not be going to UCD. Um, I, you just need to fan the flame. We are uh, Nuri helping the homeless. We're from Nuri, can't you, Dan? Yeah. My name's Damien. And your name? My name's Donna. And my name's Gemma. And can you tell me where you're from? We supply food to the service users, um, sleeping bags, warm clothes, just basically whatever they need and somebody to talk to. Sometimes just want to have a chat. It started six months ago, there was five of us got together. Now we have between 80 and 100 active volunteers and we, we go to Belfast, Newry, Dundalk, Drogheda and Dublin from Wednesday through to Saturday night. There's, there's Friday night, this is Friday night, this is our night, we, we, we come to Dublin. But there's there's other volunteers in other towns where there's a homeless problem. And what kind of food? Home-cooked food. And we're very, very insistent that it's home-cooked food. So it would be creamed potatoes, um, chicken, chicken and gravy. We had tonight, we had roast chicken, gravy, stuffing. We had beef and potatoes and a lovely gravy sauce. We had sandwiches, we had loads of weight cabbage. We all make it ourselves. So we do, um, but we do get donations as well okay. from different companies, which makes it a little bit easier sometimes for us. And you're not government funded, you're not no. government funded, no. Fund ourselves. Okay, and how many people would um, be out on the streets on an average night? How many people would you feed? Well, tonight we fed roughly about 300. About 300. Oh my God. This was a quiet night. It's the injustice of the, of, of the whole thing. It's, uh, it's how easy you could end up on the street. Yeah. Very, very quickly, it happens. Like everybody has it in their head that uh, homeless people are uh, drug problems, alcohol problems. We, we see very little of that. It's just they're, they're down in the luck, they lost their job, one or two missed payments and the next one they're gone. Absolutely, like we were talking to people tonight, we were hearing their story and they were yeah. so thankful, thank you for listening to our story. A lot of it has started um, from abusive home backgrounds, have you yeah. found that? Yeah, it's very simple, yeah. And it just snowballs into something major and then they, they feel they have no choice and then they end up on the street. And that's it.
I feel um, like they've lost their identity too. They've not just lost their homes, they've lost their identity. And us having a wee chat with them and giving them a home cooked meal, they feel they've got a wee bit of themselves back. They just want somebody to talk to and somebody to listen to. A bit of humanity, yeah. basically. And have you um, got any kind of relationships with any of them, like camaraderie? Like I'm sure they look yeah, forward to Yeah, we have reg- regulars. Regulars, regulars come every week. Yeah. But the good thing is, if, the re- if we don't see the regulars again, then hopefully that's a good thing. Maybe they've found accommodation. But then again, if we don't see them, does that, does that worry in the back of my mind? Why? Are they okay? Are they okay? So okay. it's it's you, you do worry when you don't see them. Yeah. There are so many deaths on the streets from homelessness that's never reported. Mm. That infuriates me mm. when you have the knowledge that somebody has passed away on the street and it's not on the news. But we've heard about it through the other outreach groups in the area. If Enda Kenny were listening to this right now, is there anything you'd like to say to him? To Enda Kenny? Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to own her. <laughs> well, no, uh, you could you could shout and roar, but that, that that'll do nothing. I no. would I would maybe take him here for the night. Yeah, absolutely. Get him behind that table. Get him behind food. the table and uh, the get, get him to look look a homeless guy in the eye and and, and, and ask him why or, or how did he end up in the street, and then let them let the people in the street do the talking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See how well he sleeps in his bed after that. It's not up to us. We're 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 not uh, psychiatrists, psychologists. We're not doctors. We're not nurses. We're just we're just ordinary people given given some food to other ordinary people. So we don't have the solutions really got. Certainly, we're going to help, but we don't know what the cure is for the problem. So, and uh, like we say that people have this vision, this stereotype of homeless people, and it, we've heard it from the homeless people that we're smelly. We're oh, they, they, they are the underclass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. From women especially. Yes. Women, they say we're objectified. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, there's people of, of racial minorities as well that say we are treated in such a way. It's even harder for them. True, yeah. But for these yeah. women, they every night you they are offered having your you know your menstrual cycle yeah. and you're living on the street. How degrading is that? Oh, unbelievable. You know, absolutely. You, you, we take those things for granted in our own homes, and then to find that you don't have that anymore must be so hard. I can't imagine how those women feel. I just couldn't, couldn't imagine. Certainly, everybody's guilty of looking the other way, but we don't. Yeah. Do you know what the hardest thing is too? When there's the young people, you know, 18, 19 year olds, young people, and they have no home to go to. And no coping and skills. No coping skills. But their manners, that's what gets me in the heart. It's just they still have their manners, you know. And I, it's very hard to walk away from that. Absolutely. It is, but you have to. We have to. You have to detach yourself. We have to detach ourselves. Yeah, it's very hard to for live. us to go home now. Yeah. And we'll probably not get sleep. to sleep till <laughs> three or four in the morning. Yeah. Because some of the things that we see, you know, it's, stories, it's, it's rough. Here. The first couple of times we came here, we were all traumatised. We some of us had to get counselling <laughs> for what we've seen. Yeah, yeah. myself. Yeah, but um, that's, that's, that's just the way it is. Thank you so much for doing your bit, and thank you for talking to us.